Welcome, Welcome to, to Bibles and Bonnets. Hey, I'm your host, Praise. And I'm your co-host, Cheyenne. Get comfy, grab a Bible, and most of all, don't forget your bonnet for this evening's episode. Hello and welcome back. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Here, it's Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, actually. Um, and I hope everything is well with everybody. It's been a while since my last time recording an episode because my life has been quite literally crazy for the past, like, two and a half weeks, essentially. Um... Yeah, so a little a little week um a little recap if you will. I've been traveling a lot. Um for my birthday I went to, my birthday was on November 20th by the way. So anyways, I went to California for the first time in my life. And we went we weren't in like LA, we weren't in Southern California, but me and my friends we went to Monterey and um we also drove up to San Francisco and it was, it was amazing. It's just, it's very beautiful. I live in Florida right now, so we have like beaches and stuff, but it's completely different on the West side. So it was definitely a very nice trip and I was there for a long time. I was there for like a week. And then after that, we, I flew back on the 15th of November to Florida. And then actually I didn't get until the 16th at like one in the morning. And then from there, I came home, went to work, had a panic attack because I didn't have the key to get into the studio. Long story. I worked on Wednesday, the 15th, the, sorry, the 16th. And then that night, after I got home from work, I packed my bags and then we drove up at like two o'clock in the morning to South Carolina, which is Myrtle Beach, like that area. And it was just, it was so much. So we visited my grandmother. She's, she's sick in the hospital right now, but um, we're praying for her. And we did a family Thanksgiving, um, you know, situation. I always see my family for like around the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So um, we did a Thanksgiving dinner and, and then we celebrated my birthday. Um, and then that was last week, and now we're here. So it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Oh, and I'm excited to let you guys know that Praise is going to be visiting uh, in December for Christmas. So you guys will probably get a few episodes of us together, which will be nice because while I like, I honestly, I do like doing it separate, but I also miss talking to her, laughing, joking, you know, the stuff that everybody likes to hear, you know. Yeah, so that's that's been my life. And so without talking for 15 minutes about that, let's go ahead and get into our our prayer. Um if you don't if you've never listened to an episode of Bibles and Bonnets, we typically pray in at the beginning of the Bible study and then we pray out. And we have this thing where you can bow your head, close your eyes, keep them slanted, closed, whatever, because I notice, and especially like Thanksgiving prayers, y'all been looking around the the room sometimes. People don't have their eyes closed, so just whatever helps you focus. Because I I always said that the pressure of having to keep my eyes closed distracted me. 
from what the prayer was actually about because I'm like, oh my gosh, my eyes are closed. Are they closed too much? Are they? It, it just, it was, it was too much. So we always thank you guys. Slide the clothes, roll to the back of your head, whatever is comfortable. And let's get into it. So you guys can bow your heads. Um, Father God, we just want to thank you for waking us up today and giving us another day and another chance to do better than yesterday. And I pray for an impactful Bible study today so that your words and your will can be known and spread. And I pray that you can use me and speak through me to get your message across. And in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. All right, if you guys haven't already read Luke chapter 18 with praise, you guys can go to the previous episode. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. So you guys can turn there if you want to pause, get get your tea. I'm drinking like this peppermint black tea, which I love. I love tea, if you don't know. And um, it's like black tea, which is caffeinated, but it also is peppermint, which if peppermint tea, if y'all haven't drunk that before, it is so good for you. It helps your digestive system. It just helps helps your sinuses. It's just wonderful. Okay, so I'm just going to jump right into verse 1. Okay. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Okay, we're going to stop there. So Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector. And essentially, the Jews believed that tax collectors were basically like the scum of the earth, apparently. And that's because they were Jewish. So it kind of felt like a betrayal, almost like, oh, now you work for the government. That's like kind of some, it could be almost like, it could be similar in a sense to how black people view black people who work for police. Some black people, okay? Well, won't, I won't lump all of us together. But some black people are like, oh, you work for the police. They are dirty. They're scumbags. Like, why would you go and work for them? So I can imagine that's similar to how the Jewish people viewed tax collectors um, in a sense of, you know, these people are, are liars. They cheat us out of our money. And they're taking our money. And they're working for, you know, Caesar. So that was why people did not really like Zacchaeus. So when they saw Jesus talking with Zacchaeus and planning to stay at his house, uh, they were like, what the heck? You know, why is he hanging out with that guy? And then also this is a time where there's unrest amongst the Jewish people. They were upset. The Romans were occupying Judea. And they were just angry and upset. They had heavy taxes. They were ready to revolt. And that's another thing that is a reoccurring, you know, theme throughout the the um, New Testament since Jesus came is that the Jews wanted him to 
be the leader in their revolution because they were unhappy with the government. So they thought that Jesus was going to come to essentially be their new leader and, you know, get rid of the government that was in place. And that wasn't what his goal was. That wasn't his purpose for being there. So yeah, so this guy Zacchaeus he climbs a tree because he's, he's not a very tall man, okay? <laughs> and it's, it's funny. You think about it and it's like, you think that that's kind of like a funny thing, but I feel like if Beyonce was walking down the street and us short girls, we would be climbing trees too to try and see her. I, I, that's not a... So the point is, if your heart is in the right place, it doesn't matter what you have to do to get to that that person's attention. You know what I mean? Um, so Jesus didn't care that he was a tax collector, a tax collector, because also Jesus Jesus was Jewish. But Jesus is able to look beyond all that. That that doesn't bother him. Doesn't phase him. And he's like Zacchaeus, I'm coming to stay at your house. That's because he knew that Zacchaeus's heart was in the right place. Um, this is very important, like in Christianity, because it's, it's such a big principle, you know, that the principle that it does not matter who you are, what you're, what you've done, what you do or whatever, your heart has to be in the right place. Um, so that's, that's such an important thing in Christianity. Um, let's go, let's go to Let's continue reading. Um, Verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Yeah, so essentially you can see Zacchaeus, he went above and beyond to reach Jesus. He climbed a tree, yada, yada, yay. Um, So his heart was after Jesus, and Jesus saw that, and he acknowledged it. So we can kind of take that into our own lives and just try and put your heart after Jesus, and then the rest will, will fall into place. But that's the most important part as a Christian. Why are we doing this, you know? Yeah, so we're going to read... Verse 11, while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed as appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. And just for reference, the little note here says a mina was about three months wages. So that's lot of money actually he said put this money to work sorry put this money to work he said until I come back so already you can see he's given specific instructions he's not just giving them the money he said put it to work until I come back right uh, 14 but a subject hated him and sent a delegation after him to say we don't want this man to be our king He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. 
brief pause right here, I think it's important to note that he says in a very small matter. So it's like three months wages is, is a small matter to the king. But the point is, is that even if like, that would be like somebody saying, hey, could you like, <sighs> I'm looking at my tea. Hey, could you just watch my tea to make sure that no flies fly in my tea? And then you're like, that's, just, that's an insignificant thing, you know, but like you just take the tea and you guard it with your hands and you swat all the flies. So that's like taking something that's a small matter and really taking it seriously, right? And that goes a, fur, a far way, um, a longer way than you just saying, yeah, I'll watch your tea. And then you just continue doing what you're doing and a fly fly in the tea. So the point is, yes, it's the king noticed that he was serious with what he considered to be a small matter, which that stands out more to you. Um, okay, so we're going to keep going with 18. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. I, you knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so when I came back I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to one, the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Um, one thing that stands out to me already is that the um, people who were supposed to take his mina, I guess the, the guards or the servants, they said, sir, he already has 10, which is just to me such a dumb thing to say. <laughs> and it, it makes so much sense. If you give this guy one mina, if you give everybody one mina and the one person comes back with 10 and the rest come back with five or nothing, you're going to give the extra mina to the one who was able to get 10 with one. It's, it's simple economics, okay? It's like you gave, he was able to do the most with your money. Obviously, he's the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Savvy person. He's the best investment to give your mind to anyways. And that makes sense when you're talking about what this passage is talking about. So let's talk about talents and gifts, right? So there's many different ways that you could use this passage, but I think it has one general meaning which is what do you do with the value that God has given to you? Um, one thing is for certain, we were not put here by accident. Some people just, there's people out there who think, oh, two rocks collided into each other and made this earth. And we're just amoebas and little tiny germs that evolved into human beings. Uh, and we have the science to prove it. Okay, all right, sure. Right. So there's there's that thought process out there. But if you're like me in that you believe that we were created um, already, that says a lot. But we weren't just 
we're not just amoebas that are floating around eating little algaes and stuff. We were made intention intentionally, right? And I believe that everybody has a purpose and that everybody has a reason for being here. Um, and it's honestly a beautiful thing when you can see how big of a difference one person can make, how influential one person can be, right? So it's not just like this made up, oh, you know, nothing matters. No, things matter. We're all here for a purpose. If you look at nature, okay, so we as people, we obviously are over animals, right? We have, not to say that animals don't have thoughts, right? But we are kind of separated from them in that sense. And cows, they have a purpose and they fulfill their purpose in their life. They they eat the grass, they poop it back out, they fertilize it back. They breathe in the carbon dioxide. I mean, they breathe in the oxygen, breathe out carbon dioxide, which goes back into the trees. The trees go, everything has a purpose. Um, you have in, insects and bugs that are, <clears throat> their purpose is to clean up all the, the waste and stuff. You have every, you know, every animal has a purpose. Every Everything has a purpose, right? Even stuff that you wouldn't think has a purpose probably has some sort, some form of purpose out there. So my point is, it's not just accidental. And um, everybody has a strength. We all know this. Everybody has things that they're good at, things that they're not so good at. And that's pretty much different for every person. Um, and God didn't just give us these strengths so that we could be glorified and so that people can say, oh, wow, you're so this, you're so that. Wow, good, you're such, you're so great. No, he gave us those gifts so that we could glorify him. Um, and we, and it makes sense. You can't take credit for anything. You did not give birth to yourself, okay? You did not create yourself. You were put here by somebody who had an intention with you. And for you to say, oh, I did this. Like, for me, I know praise is like, oh, she's so talented. <laughs> um. Okay, so my the things that I enjoy, my hobbies, I, I like doing art a lot, which if you guys follow the Instagram, you'll see the artwork. I did the artwork for the um, for the cover of this podcast. <clears throat> I enjoy that was see that was just one way that I was able to use God's gift that He gave to me to create something out of it that would glorify Him, essentially. So even that, or like I, I enjoy singing a lot. Um, what other talents do I have? I swear there's more. <laughs> um, drawing, singing, you know, I, I would even say that this is a talent, being able to speak. I mean, it's not easy being able to speak on camera, knowing that there's going to be people who are listening to you. And so my point is, I don't do all of it. I do all of it. I love doing it. And it feels good when people compliment you based off of your talent and they're like oh wow you're so amazing but it's easy to let that inflate your head and then you walk around like I'm the it I am just so better than everybody else that is that mentality is so easy to slip into that's why I always say there's there's confidence and then there's like arrogance and you don't want to be on the side of arrogance you always want to stay humble because truth is I I did not you know, like give myself this gift, um, in a sense of, yes, I, I never used to be able to sing well. I don't think, 
I think as a kid, I found it really cute. <laughs> and then I went to that, that seven, eight, you know, when your voice starts to crack and, and then, oh my gosh, when I was like 15, oh, my voice was cracking. It was bad. So I, I did have to work towards it, but everybody's not capable of, of doing that, of, of just learning how to sing and, and eventually being okay or good at it. Um, same with art too. Like, even though I was crap at art, like when I was younger, um, and I'm still, you know, getting better as I go, but I did have to practice, but not everybody's just going to sit down and practice art, if you know what I mean. So everybody has a strength, something that you're naturally good at, you're going to lean towards and you're going to work on it. But I cannot take credit for any of that, even though I did spend hours practicing. Yes, but I didn't just wake up one day and just, you know, it, I cannot take credit for that. I could very easily not be good at art, no matter how hard I try or practice. So my point is, is that I, you know, I don't want to just take credit for something that God has given me, a gift that God has given me, an ability that God has given me, um, even something that you work towards. And so for you to be able to achieve that, things have to fall into place, right? Otherwise, anybody could do it. So... If God has given you something of value, what are you giving him in return? What are you doing in return? We're not just here to exist and die, okay? So, so yes, that's why, that's basically essentially what this passage is saying. What are you doing with what God has given you? So, obviously, the guy with, who was able to get 10 minas, that's him making the most out of what was given to him. And that's what God wants us to do as Christians. Even the person who only got five minas, okay, that's still something. And that's still something worth being being rewarded for God. So it, it kind of takes you back to the little drummer boy thing of the drummer boy, like, oh, I, I don't have a gift, but I can play my drums. So that's still rewarded, it, you know, just something, an effort that you try. That's all that God is looking for, even if you fail, but it's good that you tried, right? The problem with the, with the third guy who didn't get any mina is that he didn't even try. The least he could have done was put that money on a deposit so that it could have he could have gotten interest. And if, actually, he robbed he he basically robbed the king of his money essentially because inflation exists. Okay, I don't know if y'all took economics, but his money would have been worth more had he just put it in a deposit to collect interest. Now he's coming back however many times has passed and his money is worth less than it was at the time that he gave it to him. So essentially the money did not get put to work like he specifically told him. Um, and that's why he said, those who have nothing will, it will be taken away from you. However, everyone who does, everyone who has will be given more. So that's what I was saying earlier with the guy who did 10 minus. He was given an extra minor because he did more with it. Um, so that's one thing to say is, I guess, as you as you are, you know, putting things out there, you're going to God's going to there's going to be fruit of your labor and God's going to give you more because of what you've done with the little that he's given you. That's that's what this is saying, essentially. So 
we'll go into we'll go into verse 28 after jesus had said this he went on ahead going up to jerusalem as he approached bethphage and bethany at the hill called the mountain of olives he sent two of his disciples saying to them go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as, as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. So here, Jesus is fulfilling a prophecy. Um, specifically Zechariah uh, chapter 9 verse 9 so that's kind of the Old Testament book where he's where they basically predict that Jesus will ride on a donkey so it's very like prophetic so he goes in and God's like there's going to be a donkey go get the donkey tell them you need it for the Lord and so they do that and that's how they got the donkey which to me that's insane that would be like somebody coming up to me like hey yeah I'm going to need to borrow your dog because the Lord needs it. And then I, I would probably look at them like, Ooh, I, I don't think so, you know? So <laughs> that's why this prophecy is so important because it could have been easy. Jesus could have just purchased the, his own donkey and just got on that. But God tends to work in very deliberate ways and in such a way that the prophecy can't be denied, essentially. So that's important to note. Um, let's keep reading from 37. Um, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. He said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground you and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Okay, so here's another prediction. God, I mean, Jesus is predicting 70 AD, which is basically when the, the Jewish temple was destroyed. Um, all the Jews were scattered. There was a lot of killings that happened. And if you look at history, they did not get back some semblance of back together until really after the Holocaust. So all of this is predicted in the Bible, which is a book that was in circulation long before these any of these events ever took place. So it's a little history lesson. Um, let's keep going. So when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house my house will be a house of prayer, 
but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the leaders among him, sorry, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. So, den of robbers, that's also prophesied in the Old Testament. I believe Isaiah 56, uh, chapter 56, verse 7, and um, Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 11. So, these are all things from the Old um, the Old Testament that are basically prophecies that are coming true, which is what tells us that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. So it's it's very funny that to me that these Pharisees and stuff who were supposed to be studying the law, um, <clears throat> the law of Moses, they would have known about these prophecies. Most Jewish people observe most of the tech um, the text from the Old Testament, right? So they would know that all the stuff that happened was prophecy being fulfilled if they really, you know, were paying attention. So um, that's just important stuff. A lot of prophecies being fulfilled in this chapter, uh, which is, is that's important because it tells us, basically, it, it it's like your own, it's like the evidence for Jesus Christ being the Messiah, essentially, which is basically the foundation of Christianity. Not, not not a big deal, you know. Anyways, um, yeah. So that's Luke chapter nineteen. Uh, I hope the message was clear. And as always, if you have any questions, you can direct message us on Instagram, and either Praise or I will help you answer that. Yeah, it's I like this chapter. Very straightforward, you know. Yeah. So. Without further ado, let's go ahead and pray out. You guys can bow your heads, close your eyes, slanted, looking left, right, whatever. Father God, once again, we just want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives. And thank you for the talents and the gifts that you've given us. I pray that that we can use them for your glory and make the most out of this life. And in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. All right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Once again, I'm Cheyenne, if you don't know. And I'll see you again on the next episode. This concludes this week's episode of Bibles and Bonnets. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe to us on our Spotify and Apple podcast. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Later, guys.